Hey guys, welcome back to the BK Business Club podcast. I am your host, Vanessa, and in today's episode, I'm chatting with my good friend, Kelly Lee, where we laugh about not having a morning routine, uh, the early stages in Kel's career, how she branded herself to be the iconic influencer Uh, that we know and love now, why she does not give a shit about what people think, the reality of being your own boss, why she left Chopo, and so much more. Kelly is so funny. Oh my God. I actually had to cut half of my laughs out because I'm so obnoxious when I laugh and so loud. And anyway, it's a lot, but I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, I feel like you are going to love it. And feel free to stalk her on her Instagram, sign up to a newsletter and go have a good long laugh at the content that she shares. I promise you, you will literally not come across someone who is more authentic, more humble and just more iconic than Kelly. Um, Without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy. Please share, like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff um, and enjoy the episode. Speak to you guys soon. I was laughing because last time we did the questions and stuff for my blog and I think I said something to you like, how do you start your morning? Like what's your morning routine? Yeah, babe, what's your morning routine? <laughs> I don't have one. That's not me. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I couldn't comprehend it. I was like, what do you mean you don't have a morning routine? You're like, that's not me. I'm yeah, like, because you're oh. one of those people that gets up and you meditate and you do your walk and you journal and you like write what you're grateful for and then you make like you probably are one of those people that fucking cooks breakfast too yeah oh christ yeah well it is 11 14 a.m and i have not had breakfast yet and i'm with child so sorry baby if you were hungry oh my god that's so mama funny. has not had time to feed you yet today what time did you wake up this morning it sounds really bad but i was up until maybe 2 a.m with heartburn pregnancy is a wild ride um, which is just like the most gross feeling. Like, you know, when you just feel like you've eaten way too much, but I hadn't, but it was just like right at the top of my chest. So I couldn't sleep. So my alarm went off at 8.30 and then I like snoozed for maybe half an hour. So woke up properly at nine. And then I sort of just like, I do everything that they say not to do. So then I just like sat on my phone and like scrolled Instagram, um, looked at terrible articles on the Daily Mail, um, like just did all of the things, went on TikTok for a bit, cuddled Percy. Percy was very squishy. He was so cute. And then I eventually got up at like 10 o'clock because I went for a little walk with a friend at 10.15. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. And then you got your so ass- walked around the block, got my iced coffee, was back here by 11 to jump on and record with my pinks. Love it. Okay, well, that answers my question of how did you start your morning today? <laughs> I like to know how people prime themselves for the day. I love that question too. How did you start your morning? So I, like the juxtaposition is going to be amazing. <laughs> okay. So I, I wake up at usually six o'clock, but this morning I slept until 7.30, which is. <laughs> oh my God. Sleep in. That would be like a torturous early morning wake up for me. <laughs> and then I did that at 7.30. Then I wake up, I make my first coffee. And then I sit down, I meditate for 10 minutes. 
I kind of just take a moment and I literally just sit on my lounge and then sometimes I'll go on YouTube and just watch my favorite people because they put me in a good mood. Like I love like just laughing first thing in the morning and you're like, love it. Sometimes I go on TikTok and Instagram. Like I can't help it. Social media is my life. Like I'll be like, what's happened in the last 15 hours while I was sleeping? You never know. Things always. You slept 15 hours? Well, not 15 hours, like 12, 10 hours. (laughs) I went to bed at 9 30 10 o'clock I love sleeping Kel like honestly like I'm one of those people if I had eight to ten hours of sleep nine hours is like perfect and I know it like you're going to be a mum so you're literally never going to sleep again so I hope you enjoy your sleeping all right that is wildly inaccurate I'm going to make sure that I train this child to sleep because you bet you've seen me when I'm grumpy from lack of sleep and it will not be fun for anyone Okay, so can we, I just want to say that when I was 17, so how old am I now? I'm 27, so 10 years ago. Or was it 10 years ago? Maybe when I was 18, I started at this job and this is where I met Kelly. And the first thing she said to me, like I was actually- That was not 10 years ago. You were not- I was not, I was 18. Yes, I was. It was seven years ago. Are you sure? Because didn't I, I had my birthday celebration, my 21st. And then you, I invited you and we got drunk. Do you remember? Yeah, I was at your 21st wearing a, one of your bras and then I got my boob job and got my own boobies. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so let's, let's just say I was like, I must have been like 20 or something. And mm. I started this job and it was my first corporate job. And um, I remember this, this woman who's there, Kelly, and I used to be so scared of you, Kel, because you intimidated me because I, I just didn't know, like, I was so, like, hello, like, here's your iconic order because you used to get so many, like, iconic orders. And I'd be like, um, this is for you, Kelly. And you're like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, I think we had conversations where, like, I was going shopping heaps because, like, everyone started shopping in the office. And I was like, I want to be part of it. That's cool. And then you said to me, like, how do you afford to do all of that? I think I was, like, telling you, no, I was getting my lips done and shopping and nails and everything. And you're like, how do you afford to do this? And then you go, oh, you live at home. Don't, don't, even, don't even ask that question. Don't even like answer that question. And I was like, I love you. And then I think we went out one night and I was like, we used to go out with the girls a lot. And then I stayed at yours once. And then I was like up so early. I was like, good morning. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, go to sleep. That's right. You were eating salt and vinegar chips. We were both hungover, but you were just sitting next to me chirpily eating salt and vinegar chips and it was like 8 a.m which was just so early and I was like what are you doing you happy little weirdo get out anyway so that's how much um yeah that's I love morning yeah 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 and that's that's how long I've known Kel for so take us back to the Lusitane days before you started into like the digital corporate space I guess so I actually started in digital corporate but even before Lusitane um, when oh. I got, when, yeah, uh, when I finished uni, so I was 20 years old when I finished uni. Um, and then like, I guess I turned to 21 at some point. And my first job out of uni was with a digital marketing agency. And it was kind of like one of those things. Um, well, I don't know if you were the same, but when you like finish school or finish uni, you sort of just like apply for a, well, I just applied for a jo- bunch of jobs and all my friends at uni did the same thing. Like we, didn't like have the confidence or really care where we worked. We just wanted a job. And I happened to get a job as a marketing assistant within a digital marketing agency. But before that, like I hadn't really considered digital marketing. Um, It wasn't something I studied overly at university. Like obviously I'd done like some subjects, but this was 
11 years ago now, which shows my age. Um, so digital marketing wasn't what it is now. Like it was kind of, I mean, the company actually won several awards because they were so innovative with um, like all of the different marketing practices that they were doing in the space because it wasn't a big thing at the time. But so I did that and then I got fired from that because I sucked. But they were like the nicest people ever and they passed it off as a redundancy and even gave me a redundancy payout so that they... um like, cause they wanted me to have money and didn't want it to look bad on my resume that I'd gotten fired. Like they're just the loveliest people. And I think that they also taught me that, that I remember them just saying to me, cause I started a blog at, but yeah, that's right. I also started a blog cause I've been working at Priceline for a bit while I was at uni and I loved beauty. I'd always loved beauty so much. So I started a beauty blog and this was before blogs were even a thing. So it actually got quite like quite a lot of views, like it went, like it was going really well. And I just, and they sort of really helped me with that. Like they helped me build the website, like just stuff that no employees would ever do, but they were just the best. But then I just continuously kept fucking up my actual job, which had a lot of things to do with spreadsheets. And, and like, they had to keep giving me warnings after warning because everything that I was messing up was literally like affecting the rest of the business. But I just didn't care. That was the problem. Like, I didn't care enough about what I was doing. And that's what they said to me. When you figure out what you care about and what you want to do, you're going to kill it because your passion is unparalleled and you just need to figure out what you want to do. And then they were like so nice. They were like, who can we put you in touch with? Like, we want to help you find out what. They were literally the nicest people ever. I would love to run into them and just be like, thank you. Thank you for firing me. Thank you for encouraging me and being such good people because like what lords really Mm. anyway so then I got because of my blog then one of the girls there put me in touch with someone that she knew that worked in beauty publishing and I started working in beauty publishing for a year um but and I really liked it and I learned a lot and it was like a lot of work like the deadlines in beauty publishing, once again, so this would have been then 10 years ago. And even back then, beauty publishing was crazy. Like you had to do so many deadlines per day. Video was only just sort of starting. But I was discouraged for having a personality, which sounds weird, I know. But like this was back in the day when publishing was still very stilted and um, like professional in a way. But not like it wasn't that I was unprofessional. It was just that I wanted to write in a certain way and I wanted to present videos in a certain way and chat, interview people in a certain way that just wasn't flying. So I just kept getting like in trouble. And in the end, I quit that because I was just like, I can't, like my my soul is slowly being destroyed by having my personality like shoved away. And so I was like, okay, content isn't for me. Clearly, people do not want the Kelly content, even though I was like, I'm pretty sure they probably do, but like this silly old mole just <laughs> doesn't know what's up. Um, anyway, so then I sort of pivoted. I've got like the weirdest, you know how like most people have like a normal career trajectory where they're like just work their way up within a field. Um, I've like floated around so much, but I do think that it's every single job I've had has taught me so much and I've made such valuable friendships at every single job. And so I like love my work history. Then I got a job 
with L'Occitane, which I remember was like the most exciting thing because it was like such a luxurious, proper company. Like, like it was an international brand. I was like, oh my God, these guys want me to work for them. And I ended up working within the marketing team as their visual merchandiser, which this is so random. I didn't even know if you know this, Pinks, but like, so I wasn't, even though I was working within the marketing team, um, I was actually more like I was looking after the aesthetics for things. So I would work on, there was campaigns every three weeks and I would, I was in charge of making sure that there was like 35 stores around Australia. There was 160 counters at like um, David Jones and Myers and stuff. So I was in charge of making sure that every single counter and store ran that campaign properly. So did their window displays, made sure that they had props. And I absolutely loved it. Like I still feel so much joy when I think back to that time. And honestly, like I would be happy if I still worked in visual merchandising. I absolutely love it. I love making things look pretty. I love like, I just loved it. It was such a good job, but I moved overseas, which is why I quit that job. And then I didn't do anything overseas. I pretended I was like um, volunteering, but I volunteered like three times. Um, So (laughs) I really wasn't being like, I think that it was like my way of pretending that I was being a really good person, but it was like three times. I was um, just, I was, I think I was just way too young to be moving overseas and I didn't feel ready. Anyway, when I came back, that is when I got the job at Beauty Heaven Beauty Directory, which is where we met and worked together. And although it was like within the marketing campaigns team, it wasn't exactly like what I wanted to do or what I like what I ever envisaged doing, but I was like in such a low place and I felt like I'd had my confidence sort of pulled out from under me. And I loved the company so much. Like I'd been using Beauty Directory since like I'd been um, working with beauty publishing, like back, like a couple of years prior to that. So by this point I was at Luxtown for three years. So then that sort of showed, and then I was living overseas and then got that job. So I'd been like, I was so excited just to get an interview and going into the building. So I took the job and then I probably stayed, like, I didn't really like the job. Some part, some elements I really liked but I stayed for way longer than I ever should have because I was still learning a lot, but it was the friendships. And I mean, you would agree that it was just the most beautiful place to work and to grow and just developing these female friendships that are just like, it was unlike any workplace. And I've worked at lots of great workplaces, but it was a very special, I think because it was all women, like we had the boys down in the dungeon, but like people are probably was, trying to get a visual right now like from oh yeah that didn't yeah yeah in the dungeon it was, a, it was an old police place yes an, a police building yeah so the boys like and I mean let's just say it wasn't like it wasn't they requested to be placed away from us because we were like squealing teenagers but so we were on the top floor which I guess is where all the detectives worked back in the day and then the boys used to be in like the little cage dungeons where they would keep criminals down on the first floor. So it was just chicks up 
up top and it was just so much fun like we literally I don't know how we ever got any work done when I think about it because all I remember doing is like laughing and talking and performing honestly it was so funny like I loved that job so much the same as you like I literally used to travel an hour and 15 minutes to and from work because I was in the shire and your pink mobile pink mobile and honestly like so Janet who um I think maybe some of you know and I also had her from interview she was my first guest so she was obviously like one of the owners and then we had Jackie and then there was like a whole crew and like we just felt so comfortable and we just used to hang out together, generally love like each other and just have so much fun. We do lunches like, but you know what? We were pretty good at our job because the clients loved us. We loved the clients. It was the energy that we brought. And I think because we were a small company, we could give so much and you could see the efforts because yeah, a massive corporate company. Like you could actually see that person did that. And then that resulted in X, Y, Z. And when we'd have all these events and we were so like, I think that what, that company offered was so different to anything else that was in that industry. And that's why it was just so like prevalent in its success, which was amazing. I think that's why we all loved it because even though like, I mean, look, I started as a receptionist, but I still made that job everything because it was the work space. It wasn't necessarily like the job itself. It was the people who were there who made it so much better. You wanted to do better because you know what I mean? Like you just felt. Well, that's so- how you quickly worked your way up though, which was kind of annoying because then no other receptionist was ever as good. But like, Honestly. like no, don't be good at anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's great. So, okay. So when you, okay. So you're at Beauty Directory, Beauty Heaven. And then I actually don't remember what happened after when you left. So where did you go after BD and BH? So I finally bit the bullet and realized like, no, I really need to leave. Like, this is ridiculous. You've been here for far too long. You need to. My biggest problem is, and this is just like in all facets of my life, is that I get comfortable and I like routine and I like being comfy and I don't like change. I don't like risk. I'm very bad with all of that sort of stuff. But I was like, no, enough is enough. Like, you're not, you've literally, you're not using any of your talents. You are just sitting there doing your job and you're not enjoying it. So like you need to get out. And I forget, I must've said something to someone, but I ended up um, finding a recruiter and I'd never ever um, used a recruiter before. I didn't really know what they did to be fair. And this guy was like the creepiest recruiter, like so inappropriate. He commented on my tits after we met, like just, I mean, but now like all of the people involved, we have such jokes about it. So do you know what? I actually think I know who you're talking about. And I'll tell, I'll tell you who I think it is after the interview, because I think I know oh my God. who you're talking about. <laughs> also comment on your breasts. Um, so I met with him and he was like okay what do you want to do and I was like I don't really know but I just know that I need to use my brain and I want to work for another really great company though I like smaller startup style companies um and then he was like okay I've got a job going at a PR manager job going at um like a big international fashion company called Shopo and I'd heard of Shopo like my sister bought me a few dresses before but I didn't really know that much which I think is probably good because one of the biggest problems with brands as popular as that is that then you get like fangirls applying for jobs and they think it'll be one good thing and like I just think it's good not to 
because your expectations and you probably also are going to just shoot yourself in the foot. So, but I had heard of it. And then I like went home, looked it up, looked at the JD and I was like, oh my God, I really want this. And I couldn't remember the last time wanting something so bad. Like I watched videos of Jane and I, she, she's the CEO and founder. I looked online. I looked at the team, like they just looked like they were having so much fun. And I just was like, I want this so bad. And so I went in for my first interview and I met with um, Jane and the head of product at the time, Amber. And it was like the best interview I'd ever had in my entire life in terms of like, because I'd been so keen being about this job, I'd actually prepared like this really nerdy, like 10 page document presentation with all my ideas of what um, I would do in the marketing team. And like, and and then I snorted with laughter because I was just so excited to present them. But the whole, it wasn't even really an interview. It was just like, we just hit it off so well that it was just like laughing for an hour. Anyway, then I went away and then they were like, the recruiter was like, you know, they loved you. Um, come back in for a second interview with the general manager and the new head of marketing that they've hired because they didn't have a marketing team at the time. So within the period that I was at Shopo, I was like the 14th hire. And then there was like 160 people when I left, like the growth was just astronomical. And anyway, so I came back in for this second interview with the general manager and the new head of marketing. And I bombed it so hard. Like I've never, I fell on someone in an interview once. And this was even worse than that moment. Um, it was just so bad. They made me do this stupid test. And to this day, I still, I'm like, why the hell would they get me? Like, it was like this stupid maths test. I was like, um, hello, I'm going for a job in marketing. Like, why are you trying to get me to do this weird math test on the internet? Like, anyway, and then so Jane comes up to me afterwards and goes, how did you go? And I was like, not good. I don't, not good. She goes, I'm sure it was fine. I was like, I didn't even finish question three. And she was like, oh, no. Anyway, apparently despite failing that second interview so dismally, apparently she just had like a feeling and pushed for my hire anyway. And given that she was like the um, CEO founder, she got her way and I was hired. And then it was just me and the guy that had interviewed me and failed. I'm sure he was thrilled about this. It was like, oh, great. I've just started this company and they've hired an idiot for me to work with because it was just us in the marketing team. But we soon, like he and I soon got into like a really good rhythm and we realized, like he would have realized that I wasn't an idiot and um, the two of us just had so much fun because, because it was like still so small, we got to do everything. Like I got to work with influencer marketing. I got to work with social media. I got to work with the content. I did the PR, like the campaign management, the like digital marketing. It was just, I literally got to work in every single facet of marketing within the business. And they also were so open to like going and chatting with different people and they just literally let me do whatever I want and what I thought. And it was just like those early days were just so much fun and I just absolutely loved it. And then I ended up working there for um, a bit over three years, like three and a half-ish years, I think. Yeah, three and a half-ish years. And within that time, I worked my way up. And so by the time I left, I had a big team and then I realized I didn't want a big team. 
I don't actually hate managing. I know that some people hate managing. I think that I am a reasonably good manager. I probably don't give the amount of support that some people need, but it was more so that I realized one day I went on like this very spiritual trip, solo trip to Bali. And then I came back because I was so stressed. I literally just like booked it. I had like a disaster wedding. I had a disaster end of year in 2019. So at the start of 2020, I just, and my husband, he was like, I hate Bali because we went once and he hated it. And I was like, okay, well, I've got a shit ton of leave. They're not going to care if I take some quite soon. So I just went to Bali, had like the most beautiful time. So I came back from Bali and then on the Monday, so the Monday following that I came back from the Bali, it was Oscars day, which was one of my favorite days. Like working, when you work in content, it was just like so much fun. And I just like loved the fashion as well. And like we had done so many fun things in the years prior, but that particular year I had this team of seven or eight and they were all doing the content and I was just so jealous of them all. And meanwhile, I was stuck in a meeting, like this stupid meeting for four hours about who knows what, something I didn't care about. Then I had to fill in all of these stupid spreadsheets about processes I didn't care about. And I was like, I don't care. I don't want to do this. And it was my own fault. It wasn't the company's fault. Like it was my own fault. I chased the promotions. I chased to be a boss bitch and to have all of these team members under me. And I'd wanted it all, but without realizing that the higher you get in a company and the bigger, like it's a positive thing, the bigger your team's growing, but you don't get to do the work anymore. You don't get to do the fun shit anymore. And so I was just sitting there and I was just so jealous. And I think it was like maybe not long after that, I ended up throwing a tantrum and quitting at like 9 p.m. one night. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I was just like, nah, I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm out. The Chris Lilly thing that you did. I'm out. But I did. I made the Chris Lilly video as like my public announcement that I was leaving because like given I did so much of the video content I was almost a face of the company so I needed to like you know do something fun to announce that I was leaving totally okay so I just want to go back quickly so when you started at Shopo I feel knowing you obviously personally but also from like an unbiased perspective all of a sudden you went to becoming someone who was like known, like influential in that space? I I became confident and you know what I think it is, is that Jane gave me, so to this day, I guess anyone listening at home, Jane and I are very good friends. Um, You went to her wedding. We were were in each other's, I did her speech at her wedding, like we were in each other's bridal parties. We're very good friends. Um, She gave me one of the biggest gifts that there've been a few people that have given me gifts. The two men that fired me gave me one gift (laughs) and she gave me another huge gift, which was trusting my vision and letting me go rogue really. And just letting me do what I want to do. And we were making a lot of money. Like we were making that the business like grew astronomically. Like I know that I was doing a good job because we were making money. And she gave that to me by just letting me do what I wanted. And, and when I say do what I wanted, like doing, making good decisions, but for the first time in my entire career, I didn't have to like present a stupid case for why I should do something or have someone knock me down for ideas that they thought were silly or whatever. 
<clears throat> she just was like, whatever, just go for gold. And she'd get as excited as I did about content and mm. the impact that it could have. And so I'm very, I'll always be very grateful for her for sort of, and also just giving me the confidence to do that because a lot of people wouldn't believe that I was quite shy, not shy, but like I wasn't confident within myself and within my abilities because like I'd been told constantly throughout my career, oh, don't do that. Um, don't put your personality into things, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that also like when it's not to say that like all of a sudden you start a career and then you get what you want then and there, like there's there's been about, you know, 10 or so years, a decade worth of you um, figuring out who you are, what you're good at, what you're passionate about. And I think that also, I mean, I'm just going to say, it does take a lot of courage to say, you know what, I don't want to stay in a comfortable um, job where it feels nice and like, you know, it's all cushy as in you staying at Beauty Heaven, Beauty Directory, Lositan, all those jobs and taking that to the point where you're like, you know what, I feel comfortable enough to see what I am actually capable of. And when you are put in an environment that helps you thrive and grow, that's when you can see your fullest potential. So I think for people who are listening, because I always like to preface and say that what we think we want in our head is not actually what is meant for us. So even though you wanted the career and like the money and, you know, you want to become like this status of like, yeah, I've been promoted and I'm this and I'm that. It's so true. You get taken away like that you get, you get taken away from doing things that you love. So what would you say to people who are literally in that position where they're like, I want to be something, but maybe they're stuck or they're scared or also they are shy to kind of come out of their shell and be like, this is what I want to do, but how do I get there? What tips would you give to people? Well, I think that you need to really think about like, are you sure that's what you want? And to speak to people, it's always good to speak to people. So say you think I really want to be a marketing manager, speak to marketing managers, find out what their day and a week actually entails and then figure out if that's what you want to do because all you're going to do when you're working towards something is see that you'll be the boss and see that, you'll be getting X, Y, extra cash and you'll have a fancy job title and that you might get to go on more work trips or whatever. Mm. But day to day, will you enjoy that job? Will you enjoy the tasks that you have to do? Will you enjoy managing people? Because managing people can suck big balls. Like you really need to think about what do you actually want? And I mean, the problem is, is that I can say that till the cows come home or whatever that saying is, but that's it. A lot of it is learned. A lot of it is learned. Like, yeah. like realize even, as you're living it. Yeah. Like even when I was at, um, we also crossed paths again when I started at Mamma Mia. So I left yes. my cushy job. I was at Beauty Heaven Beauty Directory for nearly five years. Like that was a huge chunk. Holy moly. Yeah. And I was like, it's time for me to go. And I remember I called one of our old general managers, Michelle, and I said, what do you think about this? Like it's a massive job. Like it's completely different. It all sounded so exciting. I went for the interviews and I was like, fuck, I don't know if I can do this. And they're like, yep, great. Sounds good. And then when I started, I definitely bit off more than I can chew. And then I said, three months in, I said to my manager, I was like, I need to quit because this is actually too big for my boots. And I'm going to feel so bad because I've taken on an opportunity and I'm actually going to not going to give anything to the company because it's out of my depth. How would you know? Like, you don't know that when you go, you don't know that do that. You but just I think admitting that, 
odd. They were like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I've got to go. I don't want to do this. I'm going to have anxiety. But honestly, that was so hard for me to say that. Like, And honestly, people are like, I can't believe you would leave that and they put you to an identity of something. And you're like, at the end of the day, if you're not happy, if you get anxiety going to work and you dead set don't want to wake up in the morning and be like, this is what I want to do. Like work is literally 80% of your life, if not more. You see these people more than you see your family and friends. And I think now, not because of the current climate, but I do see a lot of people starting their own business, becoming like, you know, boss people. And I think maybe people see people like, you know, we've got a business and a brand, but they don't take into consideration all the years that have come prior to that because I have seen it time and time again where people start something and they want to do this and want to do that. They've got all these great ideas, but they actually don't have those, I guess it's like the, not the courage, but it's it's almost like the reality check of like what comes before over here. Like I don't think you can have this without having that. That's Do you feel the same? I feel the same. And I also think that a lot of people that want to, you know, they think, oh, I want to start my own thing they don't realize the logistics and the reality behind starting your own thing. I mean, great, do whatever you can. But once again, you really need to consider what you're giving up when you give up a full-time job or whatever you've got. Because, I mean, the thing is, most people, unless you're one of the 1% that makes it big, you will not be earning more money necessarily than what you earn earned doing your flashy full-time job. And you won't be, it's more so that you get your own flexibility. Like it just depends what you want out of things. Like, so I would say that at the moment, like doing my own thing, I would earn like similar to what I earned working full-time in a really good job. But the biggest difference is, is that I work half of the amount of hours and I get to pick and choose what projects I work on. Of course, I still have to do shit that I want to do. Like that's just part of life, but I'm not spending five hours in a meeting arguing with idiots and then having to like go micromanage someone because they're incapable of doing something and then filling out a stupid spreadsheet that I don't care about. Like it's, there's just so many differences, but you need to be aware of that. And it also depends at where you're at and what stage in your life. Like, you know, maybe you've got a mortgage and a couple of kids and you can't really take that risk at this time. So there are just, I think that I'm so all for people like pivoting in their career and starting their own thing and wanting to work for themselves, whether it's start a business or contract or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I also think that there is something to be said for people that generally just want to do a really good job and want to like, I think we've lost, we don't respect people the same way anymore that say, I'm actually really happy just doing my nine to five. Like that's still so respectable and probably smarter in some ways. (laughs) Yeah, I totally. Because their stress won't be the same. Like there's. Yeah, it's very funny because like I've got a couple of my friends, half of them are business owners and the other half are just so cush in their job. And I love that because at the end of the day, like if that brings them joy doing that particular job, like PA or marketing, whatever it is, amazing. That's so good. But um, what I was going to say, I was going to say that when it comes to you doing what you're doing now, right? So for people who... They follow you on Instagram. They kind of know like who you are. You work with brands. How do you actually describe like who you are and what you do today? Oh, I don't. I don't. I'm 32 years old and I still don't have my elevator pitch sorted. 
I don't. This, I don't know why I have it because every time someone asks me, I say the same thing. I'm like, shit, I really need to sort out my elevator. <laughs> I just don't do it because I don't know how to describe it. Like, we've just had a mini break, but I was just ranting and about how I don't have an elevator pitch. Um, but what I do is, well, I podcast. That's the most obvious thing that I do. And then I also work with a bunch of different brands, like whatever they need help with in the marketing realm. Mm. And I try to help like, and sometimes that might just be working behind the scenes on stuff with them, or it might just be creating content for either me to use on my install for them to use on their own pages that sells product in a really fun and engaging way. Mm. See, that just makes me sound really boring. That's why I don't like an elevator pitch. I need to come up with something good. But do you know what, though? Like, if you jumped onto Kelly's Instagram, you would just see this person who says she is shy or had been shy in the past. You give a girl the right environment and you just see her thrive because your content is so much fun. And honestly, when I think about influencers in this day and age, Kel, and I'm not just saying this because we know each other, but I think that you are truly the epitome of a real influencer because what you see is what you get. You're very unfiltered in the sense of even the stuff that you talk about, the realism to the content that you bring. And I think brands can appreciate you because you are very authentic. And I think in this day and age, especially with everything that's going on at the moment, authenticity is something that can really set you apart from the old stream of influencers where we used to work with them when we were working at Beauty Directory and stuff like that, like, hi, this is a beauty product. Like, that's all well and good. And I know people got to make money and I'll never discredit that influencer marketing space because obviously they've built up a new um, opportunity for brands to really obviously reach a new target market. But I think today in this day and age, a lot of influencers get a lot of crap because they're not utilising their platform the way that they should so it's just very filtered and even if they try to pretend that they're being like really relatable and authentic it's just not exactly if I can't if I cannot see anything that relates to my life in the slightest on your page like I'm not interested in following you at all like if it's so perfectly curated and like that's not real life honey 100% and I think that's why brands really enjoy working with you and like you obviously get a lot of traction from your funny content because you're literally just so unfiltered like how do you not get like nervous or anxious when you're doing things like especially videos and like the camera's right there you're doing like a makeup tutorial you're seeing everything like that to me is like oh like how are you not scared if people give you a bit of negativity or anything like that that's what I always think influences right no do you know what I think that once again I think that show pro really set me up for that because even though I didn't really have a profile or anything when I was working there because I was often doing content on their platforms and they had like over four million followers like across the platform so it was huge and often like content would get picked up by the daily mail and like different platforms so I had to develop a thick skin there because often like (laughs) I'd be like the comments were just so funny. It'd be like these, like some of the videos went so crazy viral, like millions and millions of views. And then they'd get picked up by two. So you can just imagine these silly old tweens in like the Southern States of America, 
being like, that bitch needs a new face. Like, oh, okay, sorry. And sometimes like my favorite thing to do, which just showed that I had too much time on my hands was just like to respond stupid things back. Like this one time, this girl was like, oh my God, she needs like a new face, like, or something. And I literally just responded with like, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when he like take cuts off someone's face and just like, and then it's like the gif of him turning to the camera going, with his little tongue poking out. I just like sent that gif back and I was like, is this what you mean? Like, what do you want me to do? This is my face. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, yeah, I developed a very thick skin. You had to back then because people were often calling me like fat or ugly or whatever. And so now I just don't care. And I also just don't, I don't, allow it to infiltrate me like if I get people sliding into my dms with like rude negative stuff I literally just love heart respond and then delete Mm. like I mean sometimes it depends what mood I'm in but sometimes I might screenshot and then have a little bit of fun with it on stories I in particular love um whenever the daily mail still picks something up that I've done the people that read and comment the Daily Mail are an interesting breed of humans. Yes. Um, I enjoy going through the comments there just because they are so brutally funny. Like, and you have to laugh. If you laugh or you cry, like it's as simple as that. But I just don't allow it airspace within my head. And the same thing, like recently I've been like quite pro-vaccinations and the people that are like trying to slide into my DMs or comment on posts being like, I'm going to pray for you and your baby. I'm like, oh, can you just pray that the baby's smart then, please? Like, I don't need you to pray that it's safe because it is. I listen to the doctor's doll, not you. But, like, I just don't have time. I just delete. And I, unless it's, like, something really constructive that I think is important, um, I don't have time. And then um, this one girl, like, recently told me that I was trying to silence anyone with a different opinion. And I was like, well, yeah. It's my page, bitch. Like, go and say this on your own if you want to talk about, like, I don't care what you do with your body. But mm. You're not allowed to, like, promote your own thoughts and beliefs on my page. Like, go away. Silence I, you. Uh, silence you. I, I, it's like people just don't, like, they, they just have no, um, like, filter and they just don't or care. awareness. Like, yeah, they've got no self-awareness. People are ruthless. Like what's going on at the moment and I've seen it and I just completely just back it up. I mean, social media is what I do. It's not like who I am. I'm not like an influencer like you. It's like I literally do stuff like that. And even for me, I'm like, I just think that there's a time and a place for everything. But um, when, okay, so speaking of being a mom and people praying for you with your baby, (laughs) like, how do you even see yourself managing all these aspects? Because you've got your own business, you're a wife, you're going to become a mum. Like, and especially given that you laugh at the fact that I asked you, what did you do to stay organized? Like, what helps you to set your boundaries and live your best life? Explain to me what the hell are you going to do when Bub comes around? Like, how do you manage yourself now? Well, one of my biggest boundaries at the moment that I definitely will continue to implement when the baby comes. Hold on, Sneezy. <laughs> oh, that was aggressive. That was aggressive sneeze. Is that I don't 
argue with people on social media. Mm. Um, so um, I, unless I love and respect someone, I don't have time to argue with you. Like, I don't care what your opinion is. I literally couldn't care less. I don't know you. You're not like I, and I also just don't understand. I disagree with people all the time and stuff that they post on socials. Never in my mind have I thought I'm going to respond to this story and disagree with them and tell them that I think so. No. And if it's that mad, you just send it to your friend and bitch about them behind their back like a normal person. You don't <laughs> 100%. A bit of a giggle at their, at their expense and their silly thoughts. Like, but don't argue with them because they actually are just like it's their page. Let them just go for gold. So that's my biggest boundary and that I will, because I know that the unfiltered, this is really like, I know that this is weird for me to say because I'm going to be a mum soon, but I don't really like a lot of mums on the internet. Yeah, I just find so many of them like really judgy and they are so willing without you even saying, hey, can someone help me with this? They just like to give their opinions. Like, so I think that'll just be my biggest thing that I'll continue to implement that I'm not going to argue with people in my DMs about whether or not I'm mothering right or whatever. I will just, once again, heart respond and delete. So I don't ever need to look at it because, and of course, some people are literally just trying to be helpful, in which case I'm just like, oh my God, thank you so much for letting me know or whatever. But if someone's being like negative or trying to tell me that what I'm doing is wrong or whatever, like get out. Mm. GTFO. Is that it? Yeah. GTFO. Get out. I don't care. Um, and how I'm going to manage everything is just like pod along. Like I'm going to take a month off mm. from podcasting. So I'll just make sure that I've recorded enough in advance. And then after that, like, I mean, podcasting isn't, a hard job like it's the sort of thing that I can prepare for when Luke's looking after the baby and then if Luke's not able to look after the baby when I pod go into the studio like I've got friends in the office that will easily take the baby for an hour like while yeah. I podcast or oh just if it's sleeping it can sit next to me like it's not I don't know. I I mean, maybe I'm just like romanticizing it all and like mums will be listening to this and rolling their eyes. Like you have no idea, honey. I don't want to think, overthink things too much. And I don't want to, like, I'll just do what I can. Does it make you and, caught? Like, are you cautious when you share stuff on social media because people are so like aggressive? And oh God, no, I don't care. Come at me for all you want. I don't care. Like, like I see it with the mums as well, Kel. Obviously, I'm not a mum, but a lot of my friends are mums and then they follow mums on Instagram. And I just can't believe the audacity that some people have. Like people are so like righteous. They're judgy. They're judgy, 100%. They're judgy. And it's like if you don't do what they say, then you're all of a sudden you're like a bad mum. And I just can't even understand like the pressure that you would have from that. So I totally get when some people are just like, fuck off. Like I'm not, I'm not even putting anything on social media because I notice you don't really put a lot of like belly bumps on social media. Like, is that on purpose? Or you just like, can't be bothered doing that. I'm waiting for the bump photos. I did put up some the other day. You must've missed them, but um, you know what? (laughs) I shouldn't admit this because I don't care. Yeah, I don't. I don't follow mum myself. Like unless they're already my friend or I know them yeah. or whatever, and then they had a baby. 
I don't follow, like I don't follow mummy bloggers. I don't follow people that post mum content because I find it very boring. I yeah. don't care. And I know I shouldn't say that. And like, hopefully it changes at some point because at the moment I'm just like going into this blind, but I don't post that much stuff because I don't care. Like, mm. and also my bump is so sad. It just still looks like I've had a big serving of loaded fries. Like <laughs> it's really not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, And I think the thing is, is that for a lot of people, maybe they, I don't know, maybe like having a baby is the most interesting thing for them. Mm. And even though I'm in lockdown, like, I mean, half the time I forget mm. like that I'm even, I don't know, it's just weird. I, I guess it's not even a deliberate thing. It's more so um, that I just don't care about seeing that sort of content myself. Mm. So I was kind of like, oh, why would I post too much of it? However, when I do post baby stuff, people froth on it. So yeah, probably do need to give the people what they want. Maybe I'll start getting my maternal urges soon and I'll want to just go ham with baby crap. 100%. Yeah. So speaking of podcasts, you actually left that out of your CV when you give me your pitch. So Kel- Well, I did tell you what I did after I quit show pod. Yes. So you, Mamma Mia and then the podcast. That's what you're, you did the Mamma Mia podcast as well. Yes. Oh, well, actually, no, I, they were overlapping for a while at Shopo because um, I've been doing the You Beauty podcast for three years now. Mm. I so, love And all my friends love it as well. And there's one friend in particular who's like obsessed with you. She's always like, oh, my God, I love Kelly. She got this. Uh, she's going to hate me for saying this. You know, the um, Elizabeth Arden, the green tea perfume. Oh, my God. How good is it? So she goes, I got this after Kelly. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, message her, tell her that you love her. And she's just but like. She, oh, does she love it, though? Yeah, we love it. I've literally, I wear oh, it all the time. Oh. Like, everything that you say, I'm like, love it. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, it's well, that's cool. what I like to hear, though, because I hate it. Like, I hate it when if I would recommend something and then someone didn't like it, I'd be no, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Even though, of course, that happens because, like, obviously, you're not the same person. But. Yeah. So tell me. So tell me. um where you are right now, do you think after you have Bub, is there a possibility that you're going to start your own podcast? Yes. It's been on the agenda for a while, but I was kind of like, it's just not something that I wanted to do by myself simply because I just think at the moment, the podcast world is so saturated with white women white privileged ass women that have never like even left their little city bubble who think that people are really interested in listening to stories about their life. And I know that that sounds really mean and I'm still commending like anyone that starts. I mean, I don't really listen to that many, to be honest, but (laughs) like I just, I'm so aware that in this day and age, it's kind of like me just doing something on my own is the last thing that the world or or like, you know, the last thing that the world really needs. Like, I'm sure that, you know, people that always ask me for something would love it, but it's like, it's something that I want to do and give the voice, like give voices on a platform to other people that don't have the confidence or the means or the whatever to just do their own thing. Mm. So, And it's unfortunately like the thing is with podcasting is that it's a lot of time and effort for something that you necessarily won't get paid for straight away or at all, really. Like, I mean, it's the same thing with my newsletter. People love my newsletter that I do, but it's like I have to do that literally out of the goodness of my own heart for you assholes. Like, oh no, you know, honestly, love everyone. 
like love Kelly's uh, newsletters. I'll put a little link in there so people can sign up, but they are literally so funny. But I understand what you mean because even I like, get paid for that. Like yeah. I have to just do it. Yeah. Even doing stuff like the podcast for VK and speaking to people, it's not because I'm like getting paid for it. It's literally like doing like my business. And then I do this because I just love talking to people. It's like an, it's like a cherry on top of the cake. So you've got to be committed to something to do it and know like, okay, what's my voice of reason? Like, what is my niche? What, what are people going to come and listen to me for? Exactly. And at the moment, I just don't, I mean, I know that people would listen, but I'm just kind of like, oh God, I just don't know if I need to put that out into the world. Okay. So let's, let's see, let's see how we go over the next 12 months. Exactly. Because when I was asking people for questions, when you, um, before obviously we did this, I was like, okay, what do people want to know? People like, can you ask Kelly McCarran if she's going to start a podcast? And that was about like 10 people. So, you know what, you got a 10 people fan base there. Listen, that's 10 years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And maybe my sister. Maybe my sister would also. Exactly. Okay. So where do you see your, I mean, I want to say your business, but it's like your personal brand, I guess. So where do you see your personal brand being in the next, like, like obviously you're going to have bubs and it's going to completely change your life. But, you know, in the next couple of years, like what are you hoping to kind of get out of the rest of life? Like whether it's personal and career. I actually have no idea, which I know is wildly unhelpful, but I often don't really like making career plans or goals because I change my mind. Like, I swear to God, if you ask me every three years, like what my career plan would be or what my goals are, they just like, well, like if you'd asked me three years ago, I would have been like, okay, so I want to be like probably some really high up position at Shopo. Like that's what I would have said. Um, with like a bunch of podcasts under my belt. And I, you know, now that isn't my goal anymore. So I don't really make goals. I just sort of go with the flow and take jobs on as they come. And I mean, the thing is, is that a lot of people probably don't realize is that I'm not like saying that I will never work for another company or get another job again, like a full-time job. If the, the other day I literally saw a job for like um, content manager at Red Bull, And I was like, if I wasn't pregnant, I would 100% probably apply because like, I love Red Bull. I love energy drinks. I love caffeine. Um, I think that they've got a great brand. Like, I think that I could do a really good job there. Like I would, but I'm pregnant. So like, that would be a bit slack. Hey guys, um, do you want to hire me? And in three months, I won't be coming in every day. (laughs) How's that sound? Um, But so I definitely wouldn't say that I never go. It's just like if it's the right opportunity and it's the same thing with all of the jobs that I do at the moment, like I just sort of take what I want to do and work on the projects that I want to work on. It's not like I don't really have a rhyme or reason for anything that I do. I just sort of wake up every day and say, oh, well, fuck it. Guess this is what we're doing today. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, Kel, how can people, like, connect with you and follow you? Do you have any YouTube videos um, you've got? Oh, God, no, not anymore. We've, we've deleted them. Um, we've gotten rid of them out of the universe because they were mortifying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you did those. I was actually just, like, putting it out there. With Shopo, yeah. Oh, with Shopo, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, we got rid of them all. 
Um, okay, so you can find him on Instagram, but like it depends where I'm at in my pregnancy if I'm posting. Sometimes I'm just like not posting. Mm-hmm. Um, you can subscribe to my newsletter if you wish. Mm-hmm. It's also quite sporadic at the moment. And you can, you, and you can listen to me on the beauty podcast three times a week on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Amazing. Thank you, Kel, so much. Thank you for coming on and chatting with me. I truly just love your personality. I love you as a person. I think you are fucking fantastic. What and about my face right now? You look like a Like we're not, sometimes I ask people, podcast guests, if they want me to share the video on social. And Kel was like, absolutely not. Like horrific. I look like a thumb. No, you look so you look so cute. Don't say that. You look beautiful. But could we look better? Yes, yeah. we could. But you know what? We're in lockdown. We're allowed to be ugly. I can't keep up with it. I've just got to let myself be People that do their hair and makeup to sit at home more day, I'm like, who for? Okay, sometimes I have to do that if I really need to be in like a good get oh, my see, yeah, but you're- state. Like we I've discussed at the start of this, Nessa, that you're also the person that gets you're the polar opposite to me. You get up and pray for gratitude in the morning. Like, hey guys, what are we grateful for this morning? You know what? It's fine. At the end of the day, as you can see, either way works. You can wake up at 10 a.m., get a nice coffee and live your best life and go for a 15-minute walk. Or you can wake up at 7.30, meditate, pray, gratitude, plant your flowers. Exactly. There's no right or wrong. 100%. Kel, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. I love you. And I'm so here for seeing all your content. And I'm sure everyone's so excited to see how you unfold and share your motherly across social media. And I'm super keen to see what happens in the next couple of months and even years for you. Because as I said, like, I just think that you are so influential in the best way possible to people. And I love it. Oh, thanks, Pink.